This is the ICO Alert Podcast, Episode 19. I'm your host, Robert Finch, founder of ICO Alert. ICO Alert maintains the only comprehensive list of every single initial coin offering that includes all of the active ICOs that are happening now, as well as all of the upcoming ICOs. You can check out the full list on our website at icoalert.com. My guests today are Benny Jiang and Elsa Wilk, two of the co-founders of CryptoKitties, an Ethereum DAF that has recently, as you may have seen, taken the crypto community by storm. Now, this podcast is a little shorter than other podcasts because the CryptoKitties team didn't want to give too much away about how the platform works, how the genetics of the cats work, but we did go into it a little bit and it's still an interesting listen. So without further ado, let's get to it. All right, so we have them. You've asked, and we have them. We have two members of the Crypto Kitties team here, Benny and Elsa. Thank you so much for being on the show today. I uh, sincerely appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, so we've seen this Crypto Kitties craze, if you want to call it that, over the last few days. We've seen, you know, the Genesis cat selling for over $100,000, a huge amount of ether. We've seen headlines um, in, in tons of media publications, mainstream media. Tell us, what is Crypto Kitties for those that have been living under a rock? So CryptoKitties is a collectible, breedable, adorable digital cat that you can uh, buy on the Ethereum blockchain or adopt. Awesome. And how does that all work? I mean, can somebody else buy my same cat? I mean, these are essentially unique digital collectibles. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, so essentially, we're using we're, we're one of the first implementations of the ERC-721 token standard. Uh, and essentially, that allows for non-fungible tokens to exist, and that's what each kitty is. Um, give you an example: ERC20 tokens, which is traditionally what's used for most of the ICOs that are based in the Ethereum blockchain. They're fungible, so you know if you think about it in the simplest term, if I give you five dollars and I had five dollars, it doesn't really matter which bill we're holding. But for non-fungible, just like the one, uh, the token standard that we're using right now. Uh, each of the kitties are unique, and they're unique because they have genetics encoded inside of them. Interesting. So every single kitty is actually its own unique token. Is that correct? Correct, yes. Okay. Is this kind of similar to colored coins in a way? I've never heard of colored yes. coins. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, colored coins were you know, a concept kind of proposed in, in Bitcoin at, at many years back at like, oh, the, the concept of having, you know, a unique token that, you know, um, represents something equally unique, whether it's digital or, or physical or whatever it may be. Okay. That, awesome. I mean, that sounds yep. like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, then I would say yes. I mean, uh, maybe uh, not the right question, but um, th that's awesome. It is, it is, you know, moving on to this new ERC standard is very cool and something that I, that I haven't seen before as well. Um, I want to talk more about the actual idea. So we've seen a lot of headlines about, you know, cats selling for insane amounts of money. We've seen um, headlines about this clogging the Ethereum network and slowing it down. And I want to get into all that. But first, let's kind of go back to square one. Where did the idea for CryptoKitties come from? Did, did you guys just, you know, sit around one day going, hey, I wish I had a digital cat. You know, where did this all start? It's a it's an idea that started um, as as. Maybe I should take a step back. So Axiom Zane is a venture studio company. So we we build startups. Uh, and one of the ideas that was floated was that we wanted to expand into the blockchain universe. And um, we were throwing around ideas around what would be a good first step, a good entry 
um, into the blockchain world uh, where we could um, sort of cut our teeth and get started uh, with a product that we felt comfortable with and um, we had the skill set to uh, implement. So uh, the idea was thrown around and we built a team around it um, and the team performed amazingly. Um, they, they built out the UI, uh, we set a start date for the, for the launch, um, laid it all out and eventually um, decided that th this was what we were going to do. And we got all the team members aligned and um, it, it, it all worked out in the end. I don't know if you have anything else to add, Benny. No, that's great. Awesome. So it, it is very cool that you guys, you know, you're an agency, Axiom Zen. Is this the, the very first blockchain project you guys have worked on or is this something you've been dabbling in for a while? So some of our team members have been dabbling in blockchain for uh, longer than just this specific project. But um, in terms of um, Axiom Zen as a company releasing a blockchain project, this would be our first. Okay, very cool. And and is this something that you guys kind of see yourselves dedicated to now? Is Axiom Zen gonna gonna be a CryptoKitties company, or or is this just kind of an experiment that was successful, and now you're gonna um, just see how it plays out? Well, we can't give you all our secrets, but <laughs> okay, interesting. <laughs> we 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 might be working on a, a few things in the future. Yes. Very cool. And a lot of the questions I had, um, you know. People who, you know, some are, are, are super excited about this concept, others who are, are not as excited because it's making it very difficult to, to send um, transactions on Ethereum. Um, what are your thoughts on Ethereum and, and its ability to handle, you know, all these transactions that you guys are sending? So their ability to handle the transactions has been fairly okay. Um, you know, of course, we're not at the state where we're bursting in flames. Uh, and, you know, we've been a long-term supporter of Ethereum. When we went to the hackathon to reveal the alpha for CryptoKitties, uh, we met with Vitalik, we met with the uh, some of the members from the Ethereum Foundation and also all the different ecosystem partners, right? And, you know, it was a very deliberate choice on our end. We really do believe in the Ethereum ecosystem. And so with the recent um, virality that we had with this game, this kitty craze, um, you know, we really didn't expect these huge amount of numbers. And, and, and to be honest, you know, the numbers are there and they're doing okay. So sure, there are delayed ICOs that have happened this week. Uh, but I mean, it's, it's not at the point where it's going to be blown up in flames. And we're actively right now figuring out solutions for scaling. And so I really do think that, you know, although Vitalik has not tweeted anything recently. I do think he's excited by it because this is pushing the agenda forward for scalability. Uh, for the longest time, they've kind of talked about scalability, but they were planning for six months or eight months or 12 month window. And they were focused on zero knowledge um, proofs and all that and moving to proof of scale or stake. And so now scalability is on the top of everybody in the Ethereum ecosystem because everyone wants it to work. Uh, and this is great because we're basically stress testing the network and, you know, Ethereum will come out of this even stronger, in my opinion, than the other chains that are, you know, still proof of concept, uh, still in beta. Ethereum, if they survive this kitty craze, they're going to be really, really strong afterwards. 
Yeah, that's a, a great answer. And uh, it's interesting, you know, a lot of little sites have kind of popped up around CryptoKitties to either, you know, check your cat's genetics or see the the stats for, you know, the total number of kitties born per day or sold per day and the ETH volume. And one of them in particular kind of, you know, proves your point that um, these transactions still are going through. Yes, you know, you may have to send it with a, a higher transaction fee for now, but it is still possible to, to actually use CryptoKitties to get yourself your own cat. If you go to uh, kittyexplorer.com, slash stats, something I never thought I would say on this podcast. Um, you can see some really cool graphs. There's kitties per day, the sales per day, volume per day, average kitty price per day. And it's uh, it's pretty interesting. You know, yesterday on the 6th, there was uh, a little bit of a slump um, in new kittens that were born in, in sales. And now today, actually, I think you guys have reached an all-time high for, for total sales for the day. It looks like um, just over 12,000. Is that are, are these stats that you guys are also tracking internally, or is this the, the first time that you've, you've kind of heard about this? Well, we do track these things internally, um, but we have, because of the nature of blockchain and it being so accessible and decentralized, um, we are aware that people can reference our smart contracts and, and get a lot of this information themselves. Um, and we have also opened up our API to some extent um, so that people can pull all of, these, all of this data themselves and um, start building out the ecosystem. We, we really see long-term CryptoKitties becoming a blockchain ecosystem where people can interact with us, where they can build their own apps um, and really have it be something bigger than the, 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 the limited idea that we started with. Um, we really, we're dreaming big. That's awesome. So do you see, uh, you know, I read an interesting Reddit post kind of, Doing doing a similar thing, you know, imagining what the future of this this protocol almost or this platform might look like, and you know, some people, of course, referencing Pokemon or Pokemon Go. Do you do you think there will be other people that kind of add on to this and you know make it so that you can bring your cat into a virtual world like the Central Land or battle your cat with somebody else, um, you know, on the street? Is that something that you guys think is going to happen and people are going to start building around this? Uh, you're completely right in that we get a number of requests every day for people wanting to battle their cats. I, I don't know <laughs> what you've seen, Benny, but I've I've seen hundreds of requests for battle. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> so um, yeah, no, I, I would say that this is definitely something that the user base is looking for. Um, and as you know, any smart company that's building out a product. Um, we're one of them and, and we've listened to our user base and this is clearly something that they want. Um, so yeah, there, there's a, there's a lot of things in, in the pot right now, uh, that we're working on. Um, and, and maybe just, maybe you'll see battling cats soon. Awesome. That's great. I'll, I'll take that as a, a, a strong hint. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, I think a lot of people out there are hoping for the same thing. So that's great. Um, you know, it just, just occurred to me, some people who are listening to this that, you know, maybe aren't super in tune with the market or, um, you know, aren't really familiar with what's going on. Maybe they heard of CryptoKitties or read an article about it. Um, let's kind of walk people through what this actually is. So CryptoKitties at the end of the day, if you go to CryptoKitties.co.co, um, you can see the website where, you know, it says collectible, breedable, adorable. You can look through some of these cats. Um, but let's talk a little bit about what's actually happening here. So users have to install um, a, a browser extension called MetaMask, which is basically, you know, an Ethereum wallet where their cats are then stored. Um, is this website kind of just an access point for the smart contract on Ethereum where the people are trading these cats or is it um, a, a centralized way to bring these, these cats into existence? So, I mean, both of the statements are correct. Um, 
we wrote a blog post yesterday around, you know, is CryptoKitties decentralized? And we have a really strong position of that, you know, the future of these dApps should be a combination of centralization and decentralization. Uh, we think that a dApp that is fully decentralized, um, in it depends on the use cases, but in terms of games or in fun, uh, it, it doesn't necessarily make sense because, you know, we ultimately created this portal, this web app that has an extremely nice UI and is extremely accessible. And of course, that is hosted on our servers, right? So, you know, every time we get millions and millions of views on our sites, that's pinging our servers, which we have to pay for. And so that's not decentralized. And one thing to, to note is if we were, if CryptoKitties was fully decentralized, number one, it won't be as easy to, to, to use for the general public. And number two is if if all the images right now were on IPFS and they were you know uh, there was even more requests uh, to the blockchain in order to retrieve all of these images and all the computation, I'm pretty sure that would light uh, Ethereum on fire. So uh, it's very is it, right now is an even keel balance, and of course uh, we'll we're going to be have to evaluate some of the components that we could eventually offload into IPFS, but. Right now, we'll have to figure out scaling, and then we could get to that state. So yes, the web portal is a centralized web UI that we've built, and it allows you to access the smart contracts in a very simple way. And you know that doesn't stop anyone from going to my Ether wallet and calling the functions directly. I know that there are tons and tons of people who are doing that uh, right now, and they're not using the web UI. But you know, you don't really get to see the cute kitties, so it's always a good right. gift to go into the web UI and see what you've actually bought. Definitely, yeah. What's the point if you if you can't see the cats? And you know, it, it's pretty cool. You know, if if anybody logs into to CryptoKitties.co, you have just a few simple tabs: My Kitties, Marketplace, Invite, and then you can see you know your activity of what's happened. But looking at the marketplace now, I mean, there must be thousands and thousands of cats for sale, ranging anywhere from you know point oh oh one ether all the way up to you know, 10, 20, 30, hundreds of ether for some of the, the first cats. Um, how many cats will actually be created? Because I think it's important to note, you know, there, there are cats that are just for sale that people have purchased and then maybe bred together, and then they're selling those offspring or selling the original cats. But then there are these cats called Gen Zero cats. Um, for people listening, what is a Gen Zero cat and how is it different from a cat I might buy in the normal marketplace? So there's going to be 50,000 Gen Zero kitties. Uh, and they're being released on a schedule where every single, every 15 minutes, uh, a Gen Zero kitty will be showing up in the marketplace. Uh, the reason why they're interesting or unique is that they start off with no parents uh, and also their cooldown at zero. So what is cooldown, right? So we have this concept of breeding in the game where you breed two kitties together. If we didn't have any sort of cooldown, people would just be doing breeding over and over and over again. And that would add to the, the amount of pending transactions in the Ethereum network. So we needed to build all these mechanisms. Uh, it's kind of like CryptoKitties economics to help balance, you know, the amount of breeding by, you know, the maximum cooldown is one week. So you'll get to a point where your kitty have bred with about seven or eight other kitties. And you're going to have to wait a week to see the kitten that will that will show up in the web UI. So we built that into the system and we made sure that it balances everything else. Very cool. And you know when this cat shows up in the new UI, like if I if I buy a Gen 0 cat, 
is are these cats that are kind of pre-drawn and and, and pre um, almost almost created ahead of time, and, and you guys know exactly which cats are going to be created, or are these all randomly generated in some way? So the Gen Zeros, um, they're actually the other thing that I missed is that they're the carriers of potential new genes. So one of the things is that uh, we're, we have a 256-bit genome. Uh, that basically means that you know what you see as the picture of the kitty, maybe it's a pink kitty with uh, orange fur or something like that. Um, that's what you see on the surface level. That's the phenotype. But actually deeper down, uh, if, you, if you have audiences that are huge geneticists, they'll know that uh, the DNA of the kitty is actually also very unique. And when you breed two parents together, you may have a combination of either of the parents' uh, traits. So that's what makes the Gen Zero very unique is because they have no parents and they're the carrier of a potential new gene. Uh, and they can unlock a couple of other things, right? So there's different tiers of kitties. There is Gen Zeros. Those are the ones that have zero cooldown uh, and are offered up every 15 minutes unless it's being resold by another player. Then we have this concept of fancy cats. So fancy cats, if you've seen in the game, uh, they're co-created co with influencers. So you may have seen uh, the ship cat, which is uh, a partnership with Product Hunt. We worked with Ryan Hoover. Oh, very cool. I didn't realize it was a, a partnership. That's awesome. Exactly. And we have a bunch more uh, in line right now, which we can't really talk about. But essentially, those are the fancy cats. And uh, those could be unlocked through breeding, but it's um, usually very, very difficult to do so. And then we have this concept of exclusive kitties or exclusive cats. And if you see Genesis, which is the number one cat, and then you have Bug Cat, Sploit Cat, and Hack Cat, uh, those ones were actually given out and they're one of a kind. And you can't breed these kitties. Uh, these are unique because there's a meaning behind it. Those three cats that are represented as Bug Cat, uh, was for the the bounty program that we had, and we had uh, these developers who helped us in the bounty program, so they got rewarded with a one of those exclusive cats. Wow, that's very cool. Is that something that you think you might extend in the future? I mean, I know you mentioned other partners coming on board, of course, but do you think other types of cats may be added that are, are just exclusive? Because I know there are, there are birds that I've seen in the game. I was lucky enough to um, pick one up on the marketplace for what I thought was, you know, reasonably affordable and then figured out how to breed it into more um, ducks or birds or duck cats, I guess, if you want to call it that. Um, are, are those, are the duck cats an exclusive cat or is that just kind of a, a weird um, gene? Uh, so that is one of the fancy cats. Um, so you, you can breed them. Um, and and y there are a lot of fancy cats in the game that you have to specifically breed them though. And um yeah, that, that's how you would get access to one. Okay. And the, the genome here is is really fascinating. I, I had no idea that there was an actual like gene structure to all this. Of course, you know, you can see tags on different cats, like, oh, this one is the uh, creamsicle, I think is a tag. <laughs> the, the tag names are very creative, but they all have different tags. So it makes sense that those um, in, in some way, you know, represent their genetic structure. Um, there's another website I wanted to point out. It's kitty.services. And Again, never something I never thought I would say on the podcast, but kitty.services will show you a cat tribute predictor. And it says, put in the IDs of your parents-to-be and we'll let you know what their offspring will look like. Um, so you can essentially put in your kitty number and, you know, the kitty number that you might breed with and, and see your probability, um, I guess, through the, the genetic lineage of, of breeding a certain kind of cat. Is is this something you guys think is accurate? Is Is, you know, have they figured out the genetic structure of these cats or is it just kind of guessing at this point? No. They're definitely guessing. 
<laughs> oh, okay, interesting. There's a lot of speculation out there right now. That's, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure there there are a lot of people right now trying to figure out, you know, oh, how are these things bred so that they can breed the the rare ones and then eventually sell them. Um, are there are there any other you know hints you want to give us at, at how this breeding process works? So we intend that the community, I mean, with this many people, that the code would be broken. Uh, I don't know when, but we we know that this code would be broken, and it's not no un, unbreakable code. But the one thing that we are certain is that no one will ever have 100% certainty of a selective birth. So, you know, eventually the community is going to put these puzzles together. They're going to put their minds together. They're going to realize, okay, you know, if you put these two kitties together, you have a 30% chance you'll get blue eyes or something. And, I mean, that's pretty much human nature here. Even when you put two, two people together and you have a kid. Uh, you can't always say with 100% certainty that they will have brown eyes. So I would say it's a very, very similar thing. And we have mechanisms in place that prevent, you know, that 100% certainty. So it's always going to be a probability or a ratio or an estimation. And a lot of these tools that are out there definitely are being very creative, but they, they have not broken the code yet. Okay, very interesting. Then, then I'll have to keep up to date with uh, some of those websites. See, you know, what other um, algorithms I guess they come up with, whatever else they think you know might be influencing these different uh, genetic traits. It'll be definitely interesting to see as, as you know people start to crack the code, and then I'm sure you guys will change it up, kind of like Google does with their search ranking algorithms. Um, but something that, of course, you know, has gotten a lot of attention, of course, is that Genesis cat selling for. Um, looking at another website, kittysales.herokuapp.com um, shows basically a, a ranking list of, of all the cats and you know what they sold for and what the, the value was in U.S. dollars at that time. And of course, Genesis being you know the most expensive cat um, at $114,481.59. How did that sale work? Is are, are these cats you know being sold by you guys and you guys are collecting the revenue to fund this platform? So when we launched. Um publicly and not for the early release. We put Genesis up in the marketplace and we put the first uh, number two to number 100 as founder cats. The founder cats had this one trait that uh, is unique to them, which is the Jaguar trait. And they also have that number, right? So people have sometimes preferences. Again, a lot of these things, we don't place rarity on it. We do not, we don't claim it to be, hey, this is rare, but you know, sometimes a number could be significant to a specific person. So we put those out in the market. And since we had the early release with about 100 to 200 players, uh, the market was being populated already uh, with some of the early players uh, with their own kitties that they've bred. Interesting. So is it correct that the, the Gen Zero cats, when somebody buys them, you guys are, are collecting the funds? Yes. Okay. I think it's awesome because, you know, part of the reason why I wanted to have you guys on the podcast, it is, of course, the ICO alert podcast and, and you guys are not launching an ICO. But what's so interesting about this is that the CryptoKitties platform almost is, it's kind of like an ICO in a way because um, you guys are selling these Gen Zero cats, people can buy them and then the funds that, you know, they're um, paying you guys for the cats, you guys can use, you know, to further develop the platform, maybe add in those battling features that we talked about. Um, but it's really interesting. I mean, when you guys came up with this idea, were were you ever considering doing an ICO, you know, a more traditional ICO structure um, where people send you, um, you know, Ether in exchange for tokens that don't represent cats? Or was this always the way that you guys wanted to do it? 
So the only thing that we were discussing at one point was doing an initial cap offering. That was about as close as we came to an ICO. But um, no, no, we, we never wanted to ICO this. We, we wanted to purposefully do this in a different way uh, because we wanted to democratize this process and really take it to the man on the street. Um, we felt that an ICO probably wasn't the best way to distribute this to the marketplace. Um, with the, the, the reason we chose to do it in this way and the reason why really anybody off the street can buy an, a normal kitty. Um, it, it, I mean, they're affordable. You can, you can pay a couple of dollars and you can get a cat. Um, the, the traditional ICO model, as you know, um, typically, there's a lot of whiles. Typically, um, there's there's a few people who really uh, make a lot of money through the process, but the man on the street doesn't always get to benefit from this. Um, so really, in the way that we approached it from the start, we wanted to democratize this. We wanted to make this available to everyone. Um, and that's why we did it the way we did. That's awesome. And I think this way does make a lot more sense than an ICO. You know, people are actually using the product and, you know, re kind of registering their interest in a way by buying a cat and, and you guys are then, you know, directly benefiting from that. And it's, it's, it's almost a more, um, direct method of an ICO in a way where people are, are just paying for your product, almost how, you know, businesses used to launch before, before the ICO craze. <laughs> um, but my hope with this for the ICO market is that this will kind of, you know, spur people to think of, of more creative ways to raise money. So not just going, you know, trying to take a token and, and shove that token into your business model and make it work so that then you can run an ICO. I think you guys have, you know, really come up with an innovative approach here to still reach a mass market, still, you know, engage with the Ethereum community and the greater cryptocurrency community. And, and still, of course, you know, the, the important part to keep the business running, you've, you've still managed to raise a significant amount of money. So, um, props to you guys, you know, my, my hat off to you for, for innovating in this space and, um, I hope it will, you know, help to, to spur some other innovation in the future. Um, so, so thank you guys for that. Thanks. Appreciate it. Yeah. So it, it's pretty interesting. Um, I heard, I read from somebody or, or maybe it was in the, the frequently asked questions section on your website, which is, is super helpful. Um, if you guys are on cryptokitties.co, go to the frequently asked questions section and you guys can learn a lot more about how this works and how to get into it yourself. A, a significant amount of these kitties, the Gen Zero kitties, which, you know, there will be 50,000 of, like you guys said, eventually they'll, they'll go away. When will that happen? Is that going to be next year? Is that a few years from now? What's the, that process like? So we're, uh, we're rolling them out over the course of the next year um, and then, then it will stop. Then we will let it all just run by itself. Okay. And then in order to, to kind of keep the business going from there, are you guys, you know, just going to take that funding and use it until you can't develop on the platform anymore and, and maybe hope the community picks it up? Or are you guys taking a fee in this in some way? Well, so for Gen Zeros, there's 50,000, right? But uh, in terms of genetic variations, there's up to 4 billion. So, oh, wow. Yeah. So like in terms of like the gen zeros that we release from our contract into the marketplace, that's that will be the extent of it. And once it's done, it's done. Uh, once it's in the market, people could breed their kitties, do whatever they want. And, you know, there's four billion variations. So if they're very you know, ambitious and they want to be a full time master breeder, then, you know, they could go they could go at it because four billion is a really huge number. Uh, of course, as we kind of into two, you know, we think that marketplace is great. You you own you have ownership over this kitty, uh, and you know what else can you do with this kitty, right? Besides always breeding and always buying and selling. So there's a bunch of ideas like we we were talking about 
uh, maybe battle kitties, but I don't know. Uh, that would be a costly venture, I think, if you if your kitty dies. Hopefully, definitely, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully that uh, you can revive it in some way, and you know, pay somebody a fee, kind of like the, the Pokemon Center, to revive your your crypto kitties. That'll be a, a whole nother uh, element. Maybe people will start, you know reviving businesses or something but um this has been very cool i mean i really appreciate you guys coming on i I know you guys are super busy so i don't want to hold you for too long but is there there anything else that we didn't discuss that maybe you guys want to plug or or, you know tease us about some upcoming announcements you know more than you already have so i mean we're working on a bunch of things um right now first and foremost is making sure that uh you know ethereum is is doing good purring along uh, we just have to make sure that we're discussing scalability. And so if anybody's listening to this podcast, I mean, feel free to reach out to the CryptoKitties team. We'd love to learn more from you uh, if you have ideas around scalability, because I truly do believe if we're all building in the same ecosystem, we should all be collaborating uh, because scalability ultimately, you know, if there was two more CryptoKitty games right now, the network would be in deep trouble. So. Uh, I'm sure that since CryptoKitties has shown the world that it is successful, others may be questioning, hey, maybe we don't do ICO, maybe we do an uh, initial dog offering or puppy offering. And that's that's really going to stress the network uh, to new levels. So right now, I think in the nature of collaboration and community, we all have to kind of come together and figure out solutions. And we're already doing that already. Uh, but if people here are thinking about that, that'd be interesting. The other thing is con- contribute to the ERC-721 token standard. Uh, this standard is extremely new and it's not supported by many of the wallets or even hardware wallets that are out there. Uh, so these kitties effectively, they just live in the marketplace and they live inside of MetaMask because we've integrated with MetaMask and not with Parity or other wallets uh, deliberately. So you know, it's an open source thing. They could go to the Ethereum GitHub and, you know, add their comments around ERC-721. We'd love the feedback uh, and we really want to define non-fungible tokens as a a new category. And I think it's going to open the door to many, many different things. This aspect of having each token being unique, right? Absolutely. That's awesome. And uh, Elsa, anything from you? Um... I don't have anything specific that I don't think we covered. Um, So yeah, that's it for me. Awesome. Well, uh, thank you both so much for joining me. I really do appreciate it. And and maybe next year at some point, you know, once hopefully some of these scalability issues are solved, whether it's, you know, through Ethereum or or some other platform or you guys become blockchain agnostic or whatever it may be. um, Hopefully by then we have the, the battling kitties as well. And we can have you on for another update episode and, you know, see how things are going. Sounds good. Thank you so much. And best of luck uh, with CryptoKitties moving forward. Appreciate it. Thanks, Robert. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I sincerely appreciate it. If you'd like to request someone to be on the podcast in the future, tweet us at ICO Alert and let us know. Most of our guests are requests from listeners just like you, so we review every single recommendation that comes through in our Twitter feed. Uh, we'll look at everything. So if there's a lesser-known project that you think we should cover, you know, let us know. Maybe we'll have them on the podcast. If you haven't already, please do subscribe and be the first to hear our new episodes. And also, don't forget to check out ICOalert.com to see the only comprehensive list of active and upcoming ICOs. I'm your host, Robert Finch, and I'll be back next week with a brand new episode.